0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Now for our story. Nicholas Dorn, the young writer, had telephoned Aunt Mary the previous evening after he and Peggy Douglas, Aunt Mary's pretty niece, had decided that the date for their wedding should be the following week, as soon as arrangements could be made. He had asked Aunt Mary to meet him in Wakefield. Later, in the Brown Palace Hotel lobby, after Aunt Mary had told him the whole history of Peggy's relationship with Bill Meade, he had confessed he was deeply in love with Peggy, in spite of all his theories. After Aunt Mary left, Nicholas went up to his room, only to pace nervously up and down, unable to work. He thought of his first weeks in Wakefield, of how he'd met Peggy, how their friendship had developed, how finally he'd decided to remain in the little town, build a life there. At first, Peggy had laughed at his theories about basing a marriage on comradeship rather than on love. But, persuaded by his sincerity, she had finally decided he was right. Had consented to the strange partnership. Then, last night, she declared that she wanted to go ahead immediately. That she felt marriage to Nicholas would be the only way for her to recover from the hurt she'd suffered through Bill Meade. Now, Now, Dorn, you're certainly a fine example of the smart, cynical young man about Tom. You and all your fancy theories. It's good are they now? You're in love with Peggy, and that's that. The more she doesn't give a hoot about you, and you know it. She told you so. She thinks you're a nice guy. You, you big dope have gone overboard. Can't sleep, can't eat. Well, you deserve it. You had to stick your neck out. Why don't you go back to Hollywood when you were supposed to? Yeah. You had to get this dream about a beautiful
0: life in a vine-covered
1: cottage with a pretty sweet 19-year-old. Well, doesn't love you, let so take it like a man. But am I in love with Peggy? Is it just because Peggy's in love with this me guy, and I want something because I can't have it? No, nah, no, nah, no such luck. In love with a girl, let's face it you going to do, stand around here all night bemoaning your fate? What you need, Dorn, is a drink. A little while later, shaved and feeling somewhat better for a shower and a change of clothes, Nicholas went downstairs, entered the little cocktail lounge of the hotel. A beautiful, well-dressed girl was sitting at the bar. In his lonely, desperate mood, he had an urge to talk to her. But Nicholas had no idea this lovely stranger who caught his eye several times in the mirror in back of the bar was Kip Mead, the woman who'd done so much to upset the life of Peggy Douglas, the girl he loved. While he was trying to think of something to say... Uh,
0: Look, suppose we skip all the quaint subterfuge and just plunge right in. Hello. Huh?
1: Oh, hello?
0: appear to have that look of quiet desperation a man gets when he wants to speak to a girl and doesn't quite know how to break the ice.
1: I do? Oh, that's odd. You have the same look yourself. The, uh, desperation, I
0: mean. <laughs> uh, pardon us, but our mood showing? Definitely. Well, at least it doesn't leave me speechless.
1: Ah, touche. I wasn't always so awkward at this sort of thing. i uh, just a bit out of practice.
0: Oh, that's bad. You shouldn't let yourself get rusty. Uh, suppose we were stranded on a desert island. You wouldn't have known what to say.
1: Oh, in that case, I think I could have met the emergency somehow.
0: Will you reassure me?
1: I'm glad.
0: You know, the real reason I decided to speak to you was merely a matter of self-defense.
1: Self-defense? Well, I hope I don't look like the dangerous type.
0: Oh, no, no. But I had a dreadful feeling that you're on the verge of saying, you look awfully familiar. Haven't I seen you somewhere? I just didn't think I could bear it.
1: Funny thing is, I've never said that in my life. As a matter of fact, you know, you you do remind me of someone.
0: Uh Uh-oh. I should have known better than to bring the matter up.
1: No, no, really. You're very much the same type.
0: Oh, what type is that, heaven forbid?
1: Oh, the expensive, sophisticated type.
0: (laughs) Yes, I suppose I... That could be my type. Is this creature you mentioned the reason for your hunted look at the moment? Uh,
1: Far from it. I have other troubles.
0: You mean other feminine troubles? I'm very helpful about other people's problems. You see, I have some myself. Good. Good?
1: Well, certainly. Maybe we can exchange condolences. And look, if we're going to weep into our beers together, may I buy you a fresh one to weep into?
0: Oh, that's nice of you. Under the circumstances, I accept. What'll it be? Well, I've been drinking champagne cocktails all evening. I I wouldn't want a chance.
1: You see, that's what I mean. I can always tell a girl who drinks champagne cocktails.
0: Oh, really? What are the signs? Uh,
1: wait a minute, two more champagne cocktails. Well, they sport alligator bags like this one you have. Uh, they wear nylon holes when enough. no one else You've can. You've made get them. your
0: point. So what are you, anyway, an appraiser for the income tax people?
1: Uh, for this evening, if you don't mind, I prefer to remain a mystery. Let's just say I'm a man who suffered.
0: I think you're a three-drink philosopher.
1: Well, how can you tell? I haven't even had one drink yet.
0: Well, that's all right. You're warming up. We'll get the philosophy with the third round.
1: (laughs) Maybe you're right at that. I do feel somewhat philosophical at the moment.
0: All right, you can start now. Though it isn't really cricket, you know. If you're a three-drink philosopher, it's hardly sporting to, to philosophize until you've consumed the quota. However, this one... Thanks. It's good of you. Well, go on. I'm all his. (laughs) <laughs> oh, 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 oh. There, there you see You're going to spoil everything You said you suffered And here you are laughing riot.
1: Oh, me. no, no, no I'm laughing cynically There's a difference Here are, waiter You know It's the darndest thing How you can get yourself out on a limb And then carefully saw it off Even when you know better
0: Your expression is a bit tired But I know what you mean Is that what's the trouble now? Hence the suffering look, the great despair. Mm,
1: Something like that.
0: You'll have to be a bit more explicit. This is one of my duller days.
1: The question is, are you really in love, or do you just think you are because someone you're interested in is in love with someone else who's not in love with him or her?
0: Um, look, my friend, let's go way back and start all over. Slowly.
1: I mean... Is it love or is it frustration? Do you want a thing because you can't have it or would you want it anyway?
0: If you'll stop firing these rhetorical questions at me and get down to cases, I'll, I'll try to think of an answer. Or do you want an answer? Yes, I do. Well, then, let me give you this gem. Gathered after years of research into the mysteries of life, don't beat your head against the old stone wall. Don't ever think... You can make someone love you if that person's in love with someone else. Believe me, it it won't work.
1: You sound as though you mean
0: that. I do. And if you'll pardon my being so smug, I ought to know. I've just come from a long struggle of that sort. And I've failed. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm not asking for sympathy, really. I suppose I have it coming to me in a way... But I'd just like to tell you, for what it's worth, if you're thinking of marrying someone, as I did, even though you know she's in love with someone else, you're making a terrific mistake.
1: Ah, yeah, I suppose you're right.
0: You can believe me, I am. I've tried it. I did everything I could. But you, you can't fight a thing like that.
1: Funny thing is, I don't... I didn't believe in love. What? Yeah, I mean it. People get themselves all tangled up emotionally. What happens? It's a lot of grief. They're so all concerned. Certainly. The worst of it is, it's like a fever. Once you've got it, you've
0: got it. Of course, there's always the hope that it may wear off.
1: Yeah. You don't want it to. That's the trouble.
0: Well, if you're smart, take my word for it. If there's still any hope of escape, don't do it. Go away. Forget it. But don't gamble on changing another person's feeling for you. Nothing in the world can do that.
1: Somehow, I think, I think you know what you're talking about.
0: I do. Only too well.
1: You know, I think perhaps I'm going to take your advice.
0: You will if you're smart, my friend. Well, here's to you. And to you.
1: And so Nicholas Dorn, who loves Peggy Douglas, and Kip Mead, who loves Bill, wish each other well. Kit and Nicholas, neither aware of the other's identity, each thinking of the love between Bill Mead and Peggy Douglas. Nicholas, in this chance conversation, had admitted a fact which would be of vital interest to Kip if she knew who he was. He admitted he was in love with a girl who was in love with Kip's husband. On the other hand, Kit, in attempting to persuade Nicholas to abandon the situation she insists is hopeless, was really talking against her own desires. For Kit would like above everything to have Peggy Douglas safely married to Nicholas. Yes, Kit, from your standpoint, you've certainly given the wrong advice.